This is Polymer Quest, live from the heart of Brooklyn. Polymer Quest is an hour-long podcast about everything in and relating to technology. With two techno experts, Eric Newman, hi, and Wayne Chang. Hello, everyone. This week's episode, In Development. Hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another pull request number 70. My name is Eric Newman, and across from me is a new person, a new contributor, a new friend of the show. We're proud to have uh, Wayne Shang. Hi. Hi. How you doing? I'm all right. How are you? Good. Good. Uh, why don't you give us a, a brief uh, synopsis of who you are and, and kind of uh, the life you live in technology? Sure. So I'm currently doing Go development. Uh, Eric met me off on the street. I was sitting in front of the Starbucks uh, needing some money and also someone to settle the debate about whether or not Go needs generics. Oh, man. Generics were a concept that I never really understood. Like, I, I, I remember that's right when I stopped learning Java. And the people who don't want generics don't understand it either. Why don't, well, why don't people, like, what are, what are generics? Well, let's say you wanted to sort something. Um, Go is a statically typed language, so it will be mad if you did not type it correctly. When you declare the function, uh, and it does not return the actual type you specified, it will complain. So having generics means you would be able to use the same sort function for a multitude of different typed items. But wouldn't it, couldn't you just accomplish the same thing with inheritance and abstraction? Go doesn't have inheritance. Oh, but so, Java does. Java does. And Java also has generics. Well, inheritance has its problems. In but, you would, but you could accomplish that same thing with a, with a whatever sort function with inheritance, couldn't you? Uh, no, not really, because uh, inheritance... If you wrote the sort function at, 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 the low, at the abstracted class layer... That would you would have to tie everything to that kind of taxonomy from the top level abstracted item. Uh, there are a lot of things you want to be so like very modular and separate. Uh, that sort you would have to extend everything that would need to use that sort. You would need to know beforehand if you wanted to sort it in the first place. It's kind of a nightmare. Uh, generics is a way easier way that you would be able to reuse and sort things. And that's what that uh, the, the less than or greater than syntax. Yes. Uh, it, it, in computer science terms, it's called parametric polymorphism. Ooh. Oh. That's a real term. That is a real term. See, Wayne, that one thing I, I really like about you and the reason why I asked you to be on your show is you really know your stuff. No, I don't, but and you, thank you. you. you well, okay, you, uh, I'm sorry. You, you can accomplish a similar uh, task as me. You can sound like you know your stuff. Oh, yes. That, That's that the I whole, definitely can do. I mean, look, it's a, pod, it's a podcast. This is the lowest rung on the entertainment ladder. This is like, you know... This is the bottom basement. We're 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 lower than Alex that, Jones. That's not. At, it, in the, uh, it's in not the lower than Twitch streaming. That's that's something. Then they're the Middle Earth of <laughs> entertainment. We're <laughs> the bottom basement. No, I. We're think... the basement that's like the, they forgot about when they renovated the building. So it's you can't even escape it, but it's still between you and the foundation. Like an underground being, John Malkovich. I don't know. Why is Joe Rogan so popular then? Because he smokes weed with everyone oh, on his podcast. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yes, that's right. That's right. Um, I'm sorry. 
I said, <clears throat> because he smokes weed with everyone on his podcast. Oh, wow, that's fancy. I know, Look isn't it? That. that sound you heard was our wonderful studio audience. We had to dust them off after the however many months and weeks it's been since we haven't done a show. Uh, we keep them in a Tupperware container, and we take them out every Sunday just for us. And it is a nice, uh, It's a, actually, it's not a nice Sunday. It's rainy and kind of muggy outside. Real, it's really bad outside. It's really bad. Yeah. It's the outside where you don't really want to go outside, but you it's, feel the, but yeah. I, I didn't really do go outside this whole weekend. I feel the need to. It's fine. No trains run in New York City on the weekend anymore. Actually, get this, the L train's running. Oh, wow. The L train's actually, uh, actually running this weekend. I know. But it doesn't matter if something runs once when it doesn't run all the time. <laughs> you have to be aware that it ran this one time, but you've already changed all of your behavior to adapt to it not running at yeah. all. Yeah, which is just walking. And I walk everywhere. Oh, I don't do any of that. How do you get around the city? Do you take the bus? I take I take a cab everywhere. Oh, how I much do you spend on cabs? I, most of my income. <laughs> I just can't take the train well, anymore. I how about, well, why can't you walk? New York is the most walkable city in America. You should celebrate that fact. When you go other places, you realize that the sidewalk ends. You realize there are places that you can't walk at night. Like, I mean, there, I know there are places that you can't walk at night in New York for crime reasons, but those are going away. I walk across the street to get soda every day, so that's the extent of my exercise. Do you have, like, a pedometer thing on your phone that tells you how many steps you've walked? No, I I don't. No. I don't want to keep track of how much. What I happens walk. if you didn't have a nice metabolism and you were like three hundred pounds because you live a life like this? Then then I would just die. You should just accept these things. Oh, that's that's it, a very fatalistic way of looking at life. It's it's totally cool. I, as long as you get to do what you want to do. Uh, it, I mean, not I guess if this and, is what you want, if this is the life you want to live, it's it's your right. Yeah. I'll probably die tomorrow. It's your thing. Do what you want to do. Anyway, um, you're joining us, Wayne, on the first night of Hanukkah. Thank you. Thank so, of you. course, like everything else, we thanks, have to play some kind of Adam Sandler well, uh, Hanukkah kid, song uh, reference. What's yeah, sad is that I think he's actually always, younger than we are in this video now. And I always thought of him because, as an old person when uh, I school, was a kid so watching this. Songs, and and uh, I don't really care what he has to Hanukkah say. Song. We just have to watch him play the put, put on your yarmulke. It's time for Hanukkah. Okay, that's it. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, that's... One of his more famous... Are, are you Jewish? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. You didn't know that? No. You just thought I complained a lot for fun? Uh, n- hey. I thought I had a big nose and complained a lot for fun. You don't understand the kind of comes with the territory over here? I'm not racist. I don't know. I don't pay attention to anything about ethnicity. Okay. Um, I, I do think Hanukkah would be more popular instead of a dreidel. You introduce the dye. And maybe you so played. Much <laughs> Sorry, you played a board game or something. Um. Oh, you played a board game. Well, there is that. I mean, there is a, a progression on Hanukkah to make it more uh, goyish, to make it more like Christmas. And I don't like that either. I don't like the commercialization. Like, I actually, I found I can't be happy. Well, what when if, it comes to Hanukkah? What if they spun the dreidel and if it rolled? To the equivalent of a one, and then ha- Hanukkah would be another day. Instead of one day of presents, and then you would have to give another present 
for the day. Oh. And every time you keep rolling one, and then there would be years. So it's like you're playing dreidel with real life. Right. But there would be years where it'd be like economically devastating. You just continually run roll ones on your dreidel. <laughs> wow. Okay. I never, I never thought about it like that. That that would make it way more interesting, and then it'd be in the news. You'd be like, "Yeah, Hanukkah's been going on for two months." Because well, nobody. Well, the thing is, is nobody realizes when Hanukkah is because it's a different time every year. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I mean, it's the same time on the Jewish calendar, but who goes by that except for Israelis? I yeah, I I don't even know when to go to work until someone calls me and yells at me. Yes, you're very fortunate in that you can you can you can have that privilege. I. I used to work at a place that was headquartered in California, and uh, and I was the only software developer in New York. So I would show up at like 11:30, and then stay until eight at night. And uh, I, there, were, I got so much flack from all of the other work martyrs, the work martyrs who got there at nine. They were like, "Oh, you're you're just showing up. You get, um, who knows that you're actually working here after all of us leave." Like, I'm getting my stuff done. Who cares? A, and B, I am, so it doesn't matter. Hey, you should just be like, why don't you open up your internet history? Let's see who is doing work today. Right. Well, one of the people um, had a... No, she was she was so good at her job. Um, she's really smart. But she would come into work when she's sick and just cough on the microphone. I'm oh, sorry, on the, on the telephone. She'd have to be on calls all day. Oh, that's, that's, that's horrible. And I would say, would you like a cough drop? No, I'm fine. I'm like, okay, well, that's, I don't, this is one reason why open offices, open floor plans don't, uh, you know, don't work out. I, I love open offices because I'm a creep. I like to listen to everyone's conversations. Yeah, but you also start conversations. Yeah, but I like, want to be contained. I, I like to eavesdrop a lot. And, so open offices are great for that. But you don't move around. It doesn't matter. I have great ears. I hear everything that's going on. But you're wearing headphones. I, most I can of pretend the time. to listen to music. How often do you pretend I don't to know. listen to music? It's, I don't know. Really, I don't pay that much attention. But when I do, I can. Sure. Uh huh. No, that's that's fine. That's fine. You're, it's there's another uh, expert in misinformation actually who uh, who's who's in the news. Um, you remember the forty. Uh, 40- First president of the United States, George. Yes, fakely. Herbert, Herbert Walker Bush. Yes. Dana Carvey famously did a great impression of him. Um, Bill Hicks had a stand-up comedian or stand-up bit about him uh, after he lost the election in 1992, and it starts with a song he wrote uh, that's called "Bush is dead, Bush is dead, Bush is dead, Ding dong, Bush is dead, Bush is dead." Da ding dong, Bush is dead, Bush is dead, Bush is ding dong. But yeah, it's, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. I haven't worked out the other, but ding dong, Bush is dead is how I'm gonna close it though. Anyway, he didn't. Yeah, he he's not a fan of republicanism. But uh, George Bush was at the tail end of eight years of, or you know, twelve years of consistent hard conservatism. Could you imagine if Bill Hicks was still alive today? Uh, I, I uh, mean, like, we, we look kind of po- uh, maybe a little more positively towards conservative terms um, uh, now. Well, it's, what's funny is I got into him when, when I was in college, when W was in office, and the same jokes and the same, it still worked with the same George Bush or a different George Bush. Oh, uh, yeah. That, that was a, a, a very highlight, a highlight of years for comedians. Yes, well, yeah. and so are, 
it's sad because I don't think they're taking proper advantage of uh, the material that Cheeto Jesus is giving them. Well, now it's just depressing. It's like the onion. It's like, oh, now you're just reporting reality. It's really not that much fun anymore. No, but everybody, every major stand, almost, sorry, almost every major stand-up comedian when they have a special, they open with some kind of BS joke about the president. And they have to tell the audience, they have to remind the audience that, hey, I'm on your side. Don't think that I'm a Republican evil. Ooh, I'm an evil Republican, like somebody. Except <clears throat> one uh, one comedian special from this year, it was fantastic, Ron White. Have you heard of him? Yes, yes. You remember him from the Blue Collar Comedy Tour? He was probably uh, the funniest uh, one there. I uh, Oh, this is the Here's Your Sign guy. No, no. that's Bill Engvall. Oh, that's, oh. Ron White was the fat... Texan oh. guy that oh, yes. smoked cigars and drank whiskey. Yes. Yes. And uh, I, I mean, he was, you know, I liked him the most out of the four of them because uh, he wasn't as corny or as, or as rednecky as Foxworthy. Anyway. Aren't so, they all really gimmicky comedians? I think Ron they? White is the best. Oh, really? He doesn't have a, he doesn't have a, a slapstick I, catchphrase I, or a persona. I, yeah. He's like an authentic, he's an authentic glutton who has made a lot of money talking about his gluttony and living now, and he's refined his appearance now that he lives in Los Angeles or Hollywood. Isn't that Jim Gaffigan's stick a little bit? I mean, I, I just remember uh, when I was growing up listening a lot more to the cringe humor comedians. If you recall, there was a site called Cringe Humor. Is a whole bunch of special comedians. Louis C.K. was on there, uh, Chris Rock, um, Dave Chappelle, Oh. David Tell. David Tell. Yes. Yes. Oh wow. David Tell actually yeah, has Patrice a new. Patrice O'Neill. Oh uh, my yeah. god. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Uh, David Tell actually has a new thing on Netflix, which I'm very glad about. <laughs> what is it's it? It's called hanging. It's called. Uh, uh, what is it? It's called like bumping mics with David Tell and someone else. Who's the other person? I uh, some other comedian. Oh. I can't remember. But I'm just glad that David Tell. David Tell is right up there with like Artie Lang. Yeah. Who, uh, like. He's kind of that. Artie has 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 literally sabotaged his career um, multiple times, not just the drug use, but the suicide attempts. But however, they did. And and to uh, make an homage to great radio, an allusion to great radio, Howard Stern always managed to turn his opioid abuse and and inability to stay awake during a radio show into great material. Yeah. Wow. They would yeah. read him a bedtime story until he fell asleep on the air. I. I... I've only watched Howard Stern several times. Really, not that much to comment on. I uh, I say I grew up yeah. a little bit listening to Howard just because of my dad would do it every morning, and so whenever I was late to school, I'd have to I get the privilege of listening to it. Yeah, I didn't listen to radio a lot because I grew up in New York City, so I didn't. Drive. What does that mean? I well, I don't have a car, so I that, never. Have you heard of a Walkman that had radio that had a radio if, function? If, when I had a Walkman, I was listening to music that I had burned onto a CD or if on tape. I don't even remember. Um, but I never listened to the radio for that. Interesting. And it, New York is home to such great radio. It's ironic that you didn't listen to it. I, I didn't, I, I, when I was a kid, I didn't want to listen to people talk. I did enough of that in school. That's a fair, I, that's a fair assessment. Um. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we were talking about the president. We were, but I, we don't have to talk. Oh yeah, no. Ron White opened with a ten-minute uh, bit on toilets. It's great, hilarious. 
You don't have to talk like Mark. On the, to contrast, Mark Maron's special, which uh, he he opens with some kind of like, "Holy crap, what's going to happen? Oh my God, he can do anything. Who knows what he's going to do when he wakes up at four o'clock in the morning with the meat sweats? Who know? Like, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I just remember Mark Maron always being bitter. He wasn't more popular. Was, well, he also literally he also burnt many bridges in show business, yeah. which he's talked about and repented for in the air. But um, anyway, the point about George H.W. Bush is that as the former director of the CIA, he's the only person in America who didn't know where he was on the day that Kennedy was shot. Think about that. All of the everybody who was alive in America, who in the U.S., who uh, was there was on that day, John Kennedy was shot. They knew where they were, just like we knew where we were on 9-11. Or do you not do you not remember where you were on nine eleven? Well, I was a kid. I had nothing important to do. If stuff happened now, I probably wouldn't remember at all. Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in the Bronx. Okay, so that's that's relatively close to. Uh, it, yeah, I only remember because they gave me the day off. Were you at school? Uh, yeah, I was at school, and they, then they just sent they, you they, home. They said stuff happened. You guys get to go home, and I said, "Great." That's as, that's that's as specific as they were. That, yeah, and then I went home, and I went, wow, that's not a good thing to happen. Wow. I hope this doesn't affect our airway, airlines. Or at least you didn't say the subway. I hope it doesn't make it harder to get around. <laughs> uh, I, I, I hope this doesn't set off a, change, a bunch of changes that makes our life more inconvenient. Yeah, well, it of course did, and people oh. monetized it. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Wow. Anyway. Just like, uh, like, and we don't have to talk about that. That's this is a tech show, and one of the things uh, that I wanted to talk about this show specifically, it's called In Development. Is that it's a very loose show, as you can already tell. We're 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 rebooting the show, and I've said that like ten times. What I mean is, we're taking we're we built a car, and we don't like how the car drives. We don't like how the car works, so we're taking it all the pieces apart, and we're trying to build a better car. And figure out maybe we need to throw some pieces away. Maybe we need to add some new pieces. Maybe we can I don't know. Um, and and so part of this is it's a long process, and that's part of the reason why we haven't done shows in a while. Why don't you um, just call it refactoring the show? Refactoring the show. There you go. I'm, that's 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 actually I, more ge- that's more it, software developmenty and less mainstream. Geeky. Just say you're a new developer. You've inherited some code. You've no, seen, well, I created some code well, that I have to refactor. You, you've inherited the, your previous code, and now now you hate it. Yes. Um, and one thing uh, that I've realized now that I, I'm looking at these show notes again is that whenever I sign into anything with Google, it signs me into the browser for everything that I, I do. That makes sense. That's why, a, the, why does that? What? How does that make sense? That's a really good thing for them to do. So now every website I look at, it, it has sent some cookie back to them that I looked at it. Yeah. That's great for Google. That's their primary product. So okay, makes, so you're looking at it from their perspective. How about from like your perspective as a user? From my perspective, well, full disclosure, I work with data, so I'm, I'm pro-data in a lot of ways, but I also Why? understand because it helps us make better decisions in terms of how the data is used in business. So when, you, when, when programs ask if you want to send feedback back to home base, do you hit yes? No, I don't. Oh, well, then come on. Uh, well, look, if 
people practice what you preach. People, if if people contribute their data, then that's their decision. Oh, I guess in this case, you're saying it's not their decision, but it's their decision to use Chrome. You should have known better because Google owns Chrome. What do you think their business model is? Selling my data. Oh, haven't you ever logged into your Google account and seen all the map data they record on you and seen where you go every day? And uh, is this the, the breaking? Is this the deal breaker? Yeah. Well, see, that's one one small advantage <laughs> they, by they, not having an Android phone is that they don't that all of my location data doesn't go back to Google at least and gets assimilated with all my Google stuff. Oh, I see. It gets assimilated with my Apple stuff. Yeah, I see that. I I logged into my Google account. I saw I record everything where I went day from day, and I said that's horrible. There was a Fox News bit about it. Yeah. which I don't watch Fox News, but my dad, who does, sent it. He sent it to me. I, so. I turned all of it off, and then it made everything really inconvenient for me. Like, having a stateless search is really inconvenient. If I'm searching, uh, let's say, basketball player, and then I'm searching someone with the name of a similar basketball player, I would expect the first result to be a basketball player, because there's some state, right? There's a ghost in here. The ghost oh, of the ghost of Apple. It's in my see how passive aggressive is that from a computer? It's not my fault. This computer, this program crashed. That's what I would write in in my error codes. It's not my fault. What's it? What's a type one error? I, wait, what? When it said an error of type one occurred, that just I guess an exit code. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'll, maybe I should turn off. That's my vintage Macintosh. Maybe I should turn that off. I wanted to have it on as a nice little. Uh, I don't know. I, oh, I want to show you. I wonder if that's like if they're just talking about Unix error codes. If they're just returning one. This was not Unix. Oh, wow. Well, you said you you liked you had a nostalgia. You had good memories of the past. Uh, one of the bad memories of the past was that it programs was, would crash like that. Uh, it was also a way more worse experience. There were errors that were not that friendly. I but at the same time, um, errors not being friendly made you probably a better developer or led you to the field that is today because you had to spend time and figure out why something broke. I cut my teeth on IE6, but I've been drawing boxes on a computer screen for half of my life. That, I think that should be on your tombstone. Well, I, my goal is to try to change it. I want to get plucked from obscurity and become a star. That's why I do these podcasts. That's why one thing we did, uh, you know what, actually, why don't we talk about what we did? Ah, I blew it. I blew it. I worked on this bit for weeks. I, ah, I blew it. Oh, my, oh, my God. What? what? Why don't I? <coughs> this is, and this is, yeah, anyway. Um, why, why don't we talk about what we've done during the break? Not much, actually. But uh, I, I, I actually started filming um, a video series. I want to make videos of people watch on the toilet, not of people on the toilet for people to watch. 
Oh, that's something I've wanted to do. Actually, uh, people already make videos of people on the toilet. But no, not not videotape people on the toilet, but just take pictures of people in the bathroom slots in the bathroom stall, but from the slit from the outside. And that would be an Instagram account. That's just, incredibly creepy. Just people pooping, but just it would just be like it would be more than pooping. Pooping. That's look, it like, would be like a two, three centimeter wide slot, and you would normally just see a door. Oh, but you you would see just some skin and maybe an eye, and it, look, I think it would be. A really popular Instagram account. It just takes a lot of effort, which is why I haven't done it. Also, maybe I don't want to go to jail. Maybe a popular Pornhub account. I don't know. But uh, not like I know. But Pornhub has a very rich and varied community. They do, and they have actually contributed a lot of good in their local community. Anyway, uh, no, I started work on a video series called The Speedwalker. It's a walk show, not a talk show. With me, the fastest walker in New York. Walking with people, but it, you can't be a guest because you said you don't walk anywhere. I don't walk with anyone. What, what do you do? It's like it's, it's exactly like comedians in cars getting coffee without comedians' cars or coffee. Why don't you just walk with homeless people? Because I might get stabbed. Oh. And they ask me for stuff. But... Uh, no. Do, do you videotape it? Yeah, it's a video uh, oh, series. Oh, but then it would be and worth a, it it's to a get three stabbed. To five, it's a three to five minute series. Yeah, but if you like get... Like I said, it's, it's videos for people to watch on the can. Yeah, but if you get stabbed, that's like a good, like, two minutes of content. We get them in the can for you to watch on the can. <clears throat> Excuse me. Don't drink carbonated beverages on the show. You burped right when that ended. I, I tried to time it. That's, yeah, it that's time. the art of the presentation. That's good time. Thank you. Oh, wait, I've done 70 of these, or 69. This is number 70. Um, here's one thing. So we had, Wayne, we had this segment uh, about local news, and this is one of the things I think we might need to definitely trim down in the future on the show, um, called our New York Minute, where we take a look at your five boroughs. First up, why are taxi drivers in New York killing themselves? A taxi driver named Roy Kim recently became the eighth professional driver to die by suicide in New York over the last year. This was written today. The city's taxi commissioner, Mira Joshi, has characterized the deaths as an epidemic. The stories have drawn attention to the economic despair in the industry and have prompted the city council to weigh new legislation to help taxi owners reduce their debt and to increase driver wages. That's such a horrible... The New York City's response. Here's a picture of Mr. Kim. Yeah, New York City's response to all of that. I mean, it's an unfortunate incident, but the taxi medallion system was pretty screwed up. It still is uh, screwed it, yeah. up. It, it's constriction in supply, and that's why it costs so much, enough for people to take their lives uh, to acquire a medallion. But you can also say that. Um, I mean, that's one of the reasons why Uber is is killing taxi sales. Well, also, as a native New Yorker, I have no love for New York City taxi drivers. I remember the time where they would never drive you past Manhattan, outside of Manhattan. Uh, were, I, were there Brooklyn cat? Were there, like, outer borough cats? Yeah, I lived in the Bronx, so they don't want to drive to the Bronx. 
And so I would have to go take a subway late at night and deal with the people who take a subway to the Bronx late at night. How much, I mean, how much has the Bronx actually changed uh, since I feel like it's the it's one of the last boroughs to gentrify? Uh, it's, My mom says she's from the Bronx, but she can't tell me where she was. It's changed, but the, in terms of how much, uh, everywhere, I mean, like you said, everywhere outside of New York has changed much, much more. But it, it is better. Everything's better. Do you like it, Except though, the train. The train's not better. The trains aren't any better? You know, it's interesting because uh, the double edge of all of this improvement is that it, it, some of the culture goes away. There was that guy who lived in Harlem who was like this white uh, professor who was complaining about millennial white kids at McDonald's in Harlem. Yeah, but there's a difference between uh, the culture of a neighborhood and then there are also people who bring culture to a neighborhood. He moved in from New Jersey. He yeah. wasn't, he wasn't well, born there. That guy is from New Jersey. He really has no right to an opinion in the first place. Exactly. Uh, but... But anyway, Mr. Kim, he was a 58-year-old Korean immigrant who lived in Queens. He had driven a taxi for more than four years and bought a medallion last year for how much do you think it cost? Uh, I remember them being a million dollars. 578000 Well, if he bought it last year, he made a terrible investment choice. And they said the only, other, the only reason why he could have killed himself is the financial aspect. Uh, well, he, he should have... He said he... Oh, sorry. They said he had complained to friends this year that he could not find fares. He began, he began working more often and eventually driving seven days a week. So maybe he's actually being displaced by Uber. Well, he, he definitely is being displaced by Uber. So why Uber. not trade in his taxi cab? He bought the medallion. He shouldn't have done that. He should have got a regular car and an Uber or Lyft thing, right? He should have talked to a financial planner before. It, it wasn't like uh, the medallion. He bought a medallion at... It's prime. Last year, it was already being cannibalized by Uber and Lyft. Right. I think I heard from an Uber driver that there's a cap on TNLC licenses. I, I do recall this. This year. This, uh, this year yes, so they, can, they did yeah. start at that. It's disgusting. That was yeah. a response to... Uh, Maybe that's why... Uh, oh, no, he got this medallion last year. No, that, that happened re very recently. Yeah, you're right. Um, and it was in... I mean... They're trying to build up to congestion pricing. I mean, I would be a fan of congestion pricing, but it also hurts the people from the outer boroughs that have to drive into the city for work. I Or the outer, or like even the outer rungs in the tri-state area that have to commute into the city. I'm for congestion pricing, even though I take a cab, but I'm taking a cab because I'm ignoring... The cabs wouldn't have to pay the congestion pricing. Oh, but I would be taking it from outer borough. They wouldn't apply to them. I don't. I mean, it, I don't. The congestion pricing. I think. I mean, do they have to pay tolls when they ride on? Uh, I, I, I thought it applied to everyone crossing through coming into Manhattan from a certain yeah, but street and above. It's going to be an Easy Pass thing, and when they they scan yeah. their cab Easy Pass, it probably just won't charge them. I don't know. Now, uh, let me ask you this: How hard is that technology to fudge? It's just an RFID chip. Like, can't you just get someone's Easy Pass and clone it really easily? Probably. It's just, is there, uh, I guess so. You think I there's mean, any we, sort of encryption on it? No, I doubt it. I, I think, yeah, you're right. I mean, but it would probably be caught pretty quickly. That's the thing. Mm. It, not, not from uh, in terms of 
uh, continually to steal someone else's easy pass, but uh, the owner would probably notice pretty right. quickly. Yeah, we and we don't, of course, advocate illegal behavior on Poker Quest. Anyway, one other thing that happened while we were on break, um, Alec Baldwin got arrested. He, uh, after allegedly assaulting a man in Greenwich Village over a parking spot. Oh, I thought it, he got arrested for his his Trump impression. No. It wasn't that bad where they had to call the police. Oh. the fa- I actually, I don't think it's that bad, but the fact that he kept doing it every week. Yeah, it's it's pretty... Uh, he, he got an Emmy recon- nomination for that? Of course he did. Well, because it's all with the program. Uh, did, you know, did you, do you know Norman Lear has a foundation that tries to work in democratic propaganda into network sitcoms or network shows? No. He started it. This is some. This is going to sound like some Alex Jones stuff, but it's completely true. Um, I'm not saying it's 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 necessarily bad material. You know, it's he's, it's morally better than. If the reverse were happening, I, well, I don't care about that stuff. I just remember Daryl Hammond is still on the show, or uh, he's the announcer for the, the show announcer, now. and his Trump impression is pretty killer. Yeah, but he can't. He doesn't want to be on the show anymore. That well, it, there was a, a bit about him and him well, wanting he used to do The Apprentice, That's right. right? But he wanted to continue to do the Trump impression. He had believed that he was going to be the person doing the Trump impression, but they went with Alec Baldwin, obviously one, uh, star power, and two, they they rec- they thought his impression was a little more representative of the anger that, that uh, our president now has, or is showing, I guess. Or the anger that we have for him to be president. Well, I, I don't. I mean, I, I'm not angry. My, I, I think we deserve it, but that's another story. I didn't vote for him. I, I didn't vote for him either, but I, I think we deserve it as a country. Yeah. Anyway, Baldwin made physical contact with the victim on the left side of his face, the sources said, after, main, after a man purportedly took a, paint, a parking spot on East 10th Street. I, I recall Alec Baldwin being reported on a lot for anger-related issues. Oh, yeah, there was a time where he yelled at his daughter. Yeah. You can't even give me an effing phone call! And I only know this because I look at the Gothamist time to time, and they, they seem to be really into this stuff. Well, you know, what's funny is he does a really good job playing assholes on, on television and in movies, and you have to kind of be one to play them like that. That's, that's, I have, I don't know. Right? Or no? It sounds like I could get a job. You probably could. That's why you're on this show. <laughs> this is this is your this is your start in a in a career of entertaining people. Well, if anyone wants to cast an asshole, uh, I'm available. There you go. You have to have some shtick though. Just e- email me at uh, waynechang at aol.com. <laughs> That's probably a valid address. <laughs> no, it's uh, well, I it's not mine. Yeah, I know. Um, here's here's a question. Do uh. Uh, do um mouse pads go bad? Uh, what kind of mouse pad? I have this um twenty, I guess it's like twenty year old, twenty five year old Univision mouse pad with an wrist rest on it. Okay, and my mouse isn't tracking anymore on it. It like it, it's not when I move the mouse, the cursor doesn't move. But it's, it, it's the same mouse. It's the same mouse, and I just changed the batteries. It's wireless, and uh. I changed, I took the mouse pad away and used it on the desk itself, and it was fine. Hmm. But, like how do how do how do mouse pads go bad? I'm not, I'm not aware of 
I mean, you if you have the normal cloth mouse pad, they do wear out, but it shouldn't affect the tracking. Uh, well, I guess it depends if it's a laser mouse, right, or it an is. optical mouse. Um, you should use optical mice, though, because they don't have uh, any acceleration drift. So if you play first-person shooters, you really... I thought laser was better for first-person shooters, no? Uh, there's, like, some... So when you're playing video games or using a mouse in general, you want to make sure that when the amount of movement you make is always one-to-one, right? It can't be an inconsistent effort. Because if you're playing a video game, anything where you need to build in memory, uh, right, you need to always know the distance. So when you're using a laser mouse, they tend to have way too much acceleration where it's kind of imprecise. Uh, people would turn off the acceleration and then they would, disc- uh, the, they would turn off the acceleration in their operating system. And then they would notice that the mouse still had this problem. If I'm moving my hand six inches up in a video game, it should always be the same uh, distance within the game. And that wasn't the case. So a lot of them prefer optical mice. Is that a, but is that a software thing or is that a hardware no, thing? No, I, I think it's a hardware thing. Because I have a mouse that allows you to program that. It, oh, what do you mean? The DPI stuff? No, the, the acceleration. Well, there would... It, Generally, you turn all acceleration off, but even if you, the problem is if you turn it off and there's still acceleration, there's something wrong with the hardware. And it seems generally that all the oh, laser mice, yeah, the laser mice, like a lot of people did research on this. There's, there's like some image on uh, some subreddit about the type of optical mice to get for gaming. And that's, that's what I did. I had an optical mouse and... I wanted to make sure because you're if you're going to spend time getting good at a video game, you want to make sure it's not your tools, right? Right. Uh, yeah. yeah, it is also harder though being a lefty and uh, not um, having as many options. Yeah, that's your fault. I wasn't. I was born this way. It, what can I say? Um, you 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 should relearn how to use a mice. Like I can use a else. mouse with my right hand, but I'm not as good as it. it at it's it. not even like not sports precise. where lefties have a competitive advantage. It's only due to the minority that lefties have a competitive right. advantage, and it doesn't. But it doesn't apply in hardware at all. There's, there's no. No, we have a disadvantage because the mice are biased towards being used right. Righty. Um, you, that's why you, you should just learn it the other way, or uh, you could get symmetrical mouse like uh, mice like this. Well, oh, well, I don't use a mouse anymore. So, but what do you do for gaming? I guess you just use the keyboard. Well. Try not to computer game as much anymore. You just play console games. Oh, that's cool. I have this vintage fake Super Nintendo, fake vintage Super Nintendo, right here. Oh, with wireless controllers. It comes with all the games that you'd well, ever want. It's not a vintage. It's just a I Super said fake Nintendo. Vintage. Just a Super Nintendo. It's a though. Super Nintendo Why with an HDMI vintage? out. There's nothing vintage about it. Well, I mean, the, I mean, it's the, not like there was a newer Super Nintendo that didn't look like that. I mean, no, I still have my real Super Nintendo. Oh. Yeah. That's, that I couldn't even plug into this monitor. But this one not only has all the games and let you save right to it, it also uh, yeah, has but an HDMI out. It's just running an emulator, though. Yeah, but it it's pretty good. Oh, why don't you just download an emulator? I have the emulator. real thing. Why, but yeah, why don't you just download an emulator? Because there's more lag and it's, stuff on the computer. Yeah, put it on a Raspberry Pi. I have USB Super Nintendo controllers, oh. but they don't work as well. Put it on a Raspberry Pi. That's basically what this is. I have that vintage Atari, that or fake vintage Atari that looks, that the graphics look weird. Uh, don't, don't buy that stuff. It's a waste of money. I got it as a gift. 
Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. As long as it's free. Yes. And what I really miss is I used to have a real Nintendo. Like, the original N Nintendo. Right. And I had a ton of games for it, uh, including Turtles and Tetris and Zelda and all that stuff that actually, I don't think it was for me initially, because like, I, I was way too young for that, to have all that stuff. I got the, it had the robot. Right. And it had even a, a, a track, a trackpad. When I say a trackpad, I mean like track and field that you could run on, and there was oh. a track and field game. Yes. I, I vaguely remember this. I, I do know that uh, a copy of track and field or some, there was a misprint that sold for a lot on eBay. It was like $64,000 or something crazy. Huh. I also had the Tiny Toons game. I had uh, some kind of, yeah, anyway. It was, uh, I miss it. Mostly the Turtles, the Turtles arcade game. Um, those games have all aged horribly. I don't think so. And when if you go to a place like Barcade, they still have they have the arcade editions of uh, Turtles and The Simpsons. The Simpsons arcade game is my favorite arcade game be, of all be, time. Well, number, up, number two is Pac-Man. Uh, Beat-em-up games have not aged well at all. Why? I mean, from a game design you're, standpoint. Okay, but yeah, you're going to play the same first-person shooter reskin 25 different times? Oh, now it's in higher depth. No, that's definitely true, too. Uh, now we're in the Civil War. Oh, now we're in space. Now we're underwater. Like, who cares? Well, Now it's World War II. They, they've done a better job of understanding your own weaknesses and your ability to not control yourself, whereas the beat-em-ups... They were just too straightforward. It wasn't, see, it wasn't data-driven and abusive enough like new games are. They give you achievements, little, small, achievable achievements, and then you continually play and you feel like you, do, you get a sense of achievement. Yes, and they try to monetize your sense of achievement. Of course. Yes. Um, How else do they make money? By you just buying the game. That's not enough anymore. No, well, for a large video game, it, the amount of staff to even do any of that is kind of insane. And then if you're talking about U.S.-based developers, I mean, it's already an abusive industry, right, in terms of labor. Um, sure. Like, the amount of people just to... And if you've seen their workflow, their development flow, it's, like, real screwed up, too. Like, there's so just... what you're saying is we should not be paying the developers as much money, and then we can lower the cost of the games. Well, that... And the people who want to make video games for a living are already driven to do so, so they'll accept a, a job at a lower wage than someone else who doesn't care. That, that's what game studios have been doing, right? I mean... I don't know, have they? Uh, they're... Do game developers actually make less money than software developers elsewhere? Oh, well, y yes, but a lot of game development is o overseas, too, especially... Oh, that's... I mean, yeah, that's... that's yeah, like, if you're talking about art assets, that they've been generating them in China. Um, the Witcher 3 was made by uh, this company, CD Pro Projekt, and they're Polish, and so they pay Polish wages, and they still overwork their staff, but it was super well-received, and no one talks about the fact that, hey, we're... There are a lot of places that are paying developers with a much lower standard of living uh, to do, do this. And there's no reason to pay people in the U.S. And, and did you, uh, first, where did you go to college? Uh, I went to Baruch College in, in uh, New York City. Baruch College? Uh, yeah, I went, I went for finance. Not oh. a computer person. How did you fall into software development? Because uh, I 
was a computer person. Uh, How long have you been writing code? Probably on and off since I was like 10, 12. If you count like old HTML as code. Yeah, that counts. Yeah, and I wrote uh, on AOL, there used to be these Visual Basic hacks that would screw up people's uh, uh, like uh, program. There was one where in Visual Basic, you would hit a button and then it would, well, what it would just do, you could, it would just, AOL would process VB script? Uh, it would just, well, it was just printing out HTML um, and overflowed someone's like client and they would crash right. it. And that's, that's when I got into, uh, got interested in all that, when you got to screw up someone else's experience. Huh. Um, I totally forgot the reason why. Oh yeah, did you go when you went to Baruch College? Did you were you with people that wanted to develop video games for a living? No, I mean I've always known people who want to develop video games. I wanted to do it earlier in my life, uh, but it you you start to get a better sense of how much it takes and the what you're compensated for. It's just. It's always going to be an abuse of your passion because video games. But isn't that my, that isn't that what getting any sort of job is in in your passion? No, not as much because there is um, there's passion in the sense that you will be paid a fair wage, and then there's passion in the sense that I know that you want to do this so bad, I can pay you whatever I want, uh, and. The industry can also be so interconnected that, you know, you don't really have much of a choice. Well, right. And that's kind of the the stages of late capitalism that we're in. Oh, uh, yes. Yes, that's true. And I really believe that the bottom is going to fall out of software development. You can't have people going on these six-month code schools working their way to six-figure salaries like that for much longer. It's, it's well, not going to work Well, that's out. always been... There, there has always been some quality of that, right? It's just been more magnified now. Where prior, you could have had people getting computer science degrees, and they didn't know how to code a bit. Well, computer right? science isn't necessarily software engineering. Right, but they couldn't Which even I pass FizzBuzz, you know. This is uh, pretty problematic. It's not even... If you... so, but, then, but then you have people on the other end who just know how to code what they've been told how to code, and they don't understand the foundations behind how it works and how to do anything on their own. Right. You're, it, it, it is a, so I understand that it's a problem in the sense that for everyone who works in the field, it feels like a threat until you realize, like until you talk to these people and then realize they're never going to get hired over you. But there's always going to be. How a do you place. have that kind of confidence? I have extreme paranoia about that. Um, because you, it, it doesn't hurt hurt you. Like, what doesn't hurt me? The more people that are coding hurts us, just because of supply and demand. If, That's why I said if we were do, oh, go on. Well, there's. It's dependent on how where you think the demand is. Right, the demand is is kind of. Uh, it's always growing. The more people realize where programming can t- take a role, like it's not, you don't have to only be a software engineer. You can be anyone and know how to code. Yes, but that's what I'm, but that's part of what I'm saying that coding has become, software development has become commoditized to the point where the value is diminishing because it's not novel. I, I've been saying 20 years ago, if I were doing what I was doing, I'd be a millionaire by now. Now I'm doing okay. 20 years from now, I'll be broke. 
any because any anybody. I mean, coding is is is. There's nothing necessarily special to it, though. I do believe that you have to have a, a certain mindset to really get it. And there's certain people who do, and certain people who don't. But um, I I just I don't know. I I I don't I I see I I see just market forces getting getting bigger. And gaming is one of those areas, just like the visual effects industry. Well, it's it's exactly actually. I think it's very similar to the visual effects industry because those people are extorted uh, through their passion, right? But th- those fields are also uh, require much more technical knowledge. We're not talking like they're very and they should players. be compensated higher than 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 oh. the people that just draw boxes on the screen. Oh, but for sure, they're not. Uh, my little brother is an electrical engineer, and he tells me that they don't pay anywhere near. What software engineers are getting, but software development wouldn't be possible without them. Well, yes and no, right? Because the thing is that creating hardware uh, is a very expensive effort, and right. it, it's but you don't need hardware. You have a f- like it has to exist, but n- not everyone's trying to make a new phone. That's not true. A lot of people are trying to make a new phone, and a lot of people have pivoted towards hardware-based revenues. Uh, Think about Apple. All of their, so much of their revenue comes from hardware now. It doesn't come from software. That's why they can afford to give their stuff away, which also diminishes the value of software development because it's offset. The the value is if if you get all this stuff for free, it's and they're making their money on the phones. It doesn't really mean anything. But there are people who need to make software. For those phones. Yes, but software development is becoming commoditized, and and the and the and the the the, the lust to have something designed really well. I mean, we're the, the we're the MP3 generation, and we're getting old. People don't even really use MP3s anymore. You know, like the the idea of convenience over quality is only going up, and the lust for quality things is going down. Oh, but yes, that's definitely true. Meaning that the money that you and resources that you would spend for a high quality software developer who will do a good job uh is versus you know three software developers that will do a mediocre job uh i think that's where the industry is going but that's the same kind of argument as when like WYSIWYG generators of any sort came out right and that's what's overtaken freelance web design right i used to do freelance web design for a long time that wordpress websites were my bread and butter right you can't do that anymore right but because it's a waste of time. It's well, just, no, you can resell Squarespace websites, but you can resell yes. Squarespace websites for 20% of the cost of a WordPress website. Right. Meaning and, you have to get five times as many clients. Right. But so the that kind of work is the low-hanging fruit work that people that would come out of a boot camp uh, would do. Uh, if, you're been, if you've been working in the field long enough, you're really being demanded by the people where a Squarespace website, you know, it wouldn't suffice. Well, what if you didn't want to work for a giant company? Uh, That had been my shtick for a long time. That's a different story, right? Because then you're talking about working for a startup, getting into that kind of VC hellhole. And talk about exploiting your passions. I've been on three startups in the last 10 years that didn't end well. Oh, of course. That's the whole point of a startup. No, but I know people that are in like like a Silicon Valley show style, like, holy crap, it's actually working out. That's and living the dream. But that's what I mean. It, the fact that you say Silicon Valley style, show it, it, style. yeah, the show style, it, it's because that whole thing is absurd, right? Because but it, but it, it does happen in real oh, life. Yes. Oh and, yes, and that's why because I know them and and my experience in startups, oh, I can't watch Silicon Valley. Oh yes, because it, it's yes, 
There are startups that really have somehow managed to eke out a lot of VC funding to the point where uh, they do whatever they want, and it's kind. It's enough to be made of made fun of in a show, right? It's kind of interesting, also, if you think about the fact that Mike Judge has made two different generations of uh, software development comedies, workplace comedies, Office Space, mm-hmm. and think about back then. It's twenty years old. It's almost twenty years old. Those those developers, I know everything was kind of lackluster and great. They had so much space. They did. They had so much space. And they complained about Cube Farms. They had so much effing space. That's like a studio apartment compared to what we get now. The, yes. Yes. Uh, I can't disagree. Yes. Um, but And in the, the, the future, it's only getting worse. Uh, they, sorry. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the... the to me, it also seemed like they had an unprecedented amount of bureaucracy, but that still may be true for a lot of places. It is in giant corporations, yeah. which is why. So and and so so he made fun of the giant corporate monolith, and then he also made fun of the independent software company that turns that becomes successful, or you know, garage startup, whatever it is. I can't watch. HBO actually does really well in making shows I can't watch. But yeah, that's but th- I mean, there are still a lot of companies like that around, too. They make niche software for B2B only, and they do very well at it. I mean, I recently worked with uh, AWS Athena, and there's a JDBC driver. What's made, that, JDBC? Uh, so it's just, uh, it's just a library for Java, Java has a... What does it, it stand for? Um, Java Database Connector. Okay. And it's just a contract that says, if you want to work with a database, uh, you have to implement these things in Java. Right. And people then go, okay, so I'll implement one for MySQL, I'll implement one for Postgres. Um, this is AWS Athena. It's built off of Apache Hive and... What's Apache Hive? Apache Hive is a crazy disk-based data store, and it runs also Hadoop. Um, wow. It's kind, that whole area is kind of a nightmare because there's very bad documentation, and there are only Java docs to rely on. Um, but, well, but, Java has a kind of decent documentation, don't they? Uh, dep- depending upon where it is, uh, in this case, there's not much good documentation but back to the JDBC driver, it's not written by Amazon. They subcontract, I mean, they contracted out to this company called Simba. And I looked them up, and all they do is write drivers. Huh? <laughs> they just write JDBC drivers. And how much do they cost? I, I they don't have know. To cost I have them. no idea. It's got to be like a it's subscription a basis, right? It must be a living. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, here's something. Why don't we talk about? Uh, the most, the or the formerly most valuable company in the world. Do you like complaining about Apple, Wayne? I, I love complaining about Apple. Well, great, because this is an Apple attack, where we take a nice little poop on Apple. First up, Apple faces a class action lawsuit over the lack of filters in MacBooks and iMacs causing trapped dust. 
Apple is the most valuable company in the world today because consumers trusted to make it reliable. This is a, a story from November 28th. Trusted to make reliable quality products and yet has failed to remedy one of the most simple and well-known problems in the technology community, the accumulation of dust, says Steve Berman, managing partner and co-founder of Hey Whatever. The filter defect is costing Apple owners hundreds of dollars in repairs, and Apple refuses to take responsibility. The latest, according to the lawsuit, the, some iMac, iMac Pro, MacBook Pro, MacBook, and MacBook Air users have experienced dark smudges and spots on the interior of their screens after jerking off at them. No, I'm sorry. And of their computers, as well as excessive slowness due to heating issues because of the lack of a filter in these devices. What? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know it happened to the iMac it's all the computers. They don't have fans. That's nuts. That's horrible. That would drive me crazy. The computer intakes air to cool its components, but with no filter, dust gets trapped inside. This affects the screen and logic board of the computer. Uh, sorry. Uh, leading to dust stuck behind the screen and gummed up motherboards, causing the computer to run slow and or overheat. That makes sense because of the the, the the specific small airways get clogged with dust. And they'd have to make the airways bigger, maybe because if they included a filter. Did this problem always exist? What no. do other companies See, do? See, this computer from 2013 has fans. Right, but, but the fans can get dusty, and you can just crack open the back and spray them with compressed air. That's fine, but what? Uh, the tablets? That's pretty bad i mm, it doesn't say tablets oh i iMac, iMac oh, pro I macbook pro mac i thought you said MacBook ipad Air. no oh yeah no, no it's all the that's it's the no computers. that's true yeah i i get it because they're soldering parts together and they're trying to make everything really small and this is a horrible compromise that some engineer at apple probably brought up it's johnny ive it probably Sir johnny well they're his employees probably brought it up, and then he went, I don't think it's an issue. Yeah, just like their adapter, their audio adapter doesn't work in cold weather. I, I generally assume you that... You have to buy to listen to music of a new effing phone. I can't believe that. I'm sorry. I, I You have to... A, I, got, I finally got a new iPhone because my 6S, which is still over there, started really dying on me despite the fact I have an extra battery case. It's three years old. And you have to get the adapter to listen to music with regular headphones. And it doesn't, and if you wiggle the cable, you can hear the audio cut out, and then it just dies in cold weather after a minute. But the cold breeze goes by. It's not even really winter yet. A cold breeze blows by and just turns off. That's why I don't buy an iPhone. I just have some sketchy Chinese made. Well, the, Android I know phone. that there is some company that's working on a case that does like the Mophie juice pack and puts a has a D to A converter so you can just plug in a headphone cable. I'll buy that. But that doesn't exist yet. This is a crazy world pro this this is a The Google Pixel phones don't have headphone ports. The new the new iPad Pros don't have headphone ports, which would make doing this podcast impossible. Uh which is I would call a pro audio thing. Yeah, well I talked to my so my girlfriend's parents are kind of like the average people and well other they're, they're they're quite well off, but they, they are average people in terms of their consumer desires. And Okay. Uh, they, they said, we, we need something for the gym. Uh, we'll, uh, our, and they have no idea where to start. They just So they just hear what their friends want, and they go, oh, you should get those, what is it, uh, the AirPods. Yeah. Uh, uh, or Everyone's you, wearing the AirPods. Right. And, and AirPods it, or whatever. 
It's just the so like there's no defining item. They just think it's good because people are telling them there's no option, right? Like if that's the most go the most common go to. Well, now no one near wires because the normal person doesn't care, right? But for, I but for some reason I can't like my wireless headphones cut out when I walk. I don't know why, and I have some that, like, I have these wireless neck phones that are great, but they, I have to, like, hunch over. I can't stand up straight when I'm wearing them. Well, you live in New York City. You have Bluetooth problems. You have interference. No, I've always had this issue. I've had I've had other headphones that cut out when I bend over. It's disgusting. And I can't get the form factor. I need the ones that clip over my ear but don't oh. go into it. And I, there, uh, I think Panasonic yeah, used you to should make just them, stop listening. and they got discontinued. You should stop listening to music. Well, I might have to if it, I can't plug in any. If I can't listen to it, I have to listen to it sixty that, seconds at a time. See, Apple's doing a good thing by removing the ear jack. They're telling you 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 shouldn't listen to things. Go interact with real life. Go oh. talk to the homeless man. But then, why do I have to unlock the phone with my face if I shouldn't be interacting as much with technology? Wait, what? I have to unlock my phone with my face. I have to look at it. Why would that prevent... I mean, that is preventing you from using technology, right? Is it good? The face unlock? Yeah. I mean, here. Is it accurate? You try to unlock my phone. Try to read what my dad sent to me. Yeah. Did did it work? Uh, No. Okay. Well, then it's accurate. It has that depth camera so you can't take a picture of my face and print it out. Uh, I don't know. But it's... These phones are mature products. I do really like the wireless charging, by the way. That's a game changer. Because I've been ranting for so long. I know it's such a belt and suspenders approach to, to solving the how do you listen to music while charging the phone. But it works. Why, why do we call these mature products? Because uh, the marginal yeah. ads every year become less yeah. valuable. Think about this. But, but then we're like, I, oh, then it has, it's a mature product. But then you, we start going, oh, why is it so bloated? Well, what is, is the, right. all the features it's we want? Fashion is oscillatory, and that's what it, happens. It's Netscape syndrome. Yeah. By the way, I have Netscape Navigator 3.0 oh, on that computer God. if you want to turn it on. Mm-hmm. I oh. did put up Internet Explorer 5. Which is my officially my favorite web browser of all time, IE5. Behind that is Netscape 3. Oh my god, no. You know, IE5 had that teal rotating E in 3D. Great. What? I don't care about the past, all those browsers. I, I'd just rather not think of how bad it was. Did you ever used to use BBSs and uh, Usenet? No, I started uh, in the AOL era on like a 486 with a uh, on a 28.8. Oh, 28.8. Yeah, I got 28.8. Oh man, that you were that's pretty fast. Yeah, my first game was like Commander Kane. Did, did you have like, like Windows 3.1? Yeah, I had Windows 3.1, and I used MS DOS at some point for some reason. Well, you I had to think. Windows Windows 3 was a program that ran in DOS, so the program the computer started up in DOS. So yeah, you had to type in Windows I, Win. I don't even remember. But AOL, I don't think there was a DOS version of it, so you had to have used at least Windows. Yeah, I know I, I had to use DOS to play Commander Keen. Oh, yeah. All, to, the, they were, all the games were in DOS I had to then. configure the sound. Yes. It sounded like this, kind of. Yes. Yes. Um, anyth- anyway, one, one thing that I am very glad about as we're giving Apple some garbage is uh, last week, 
Microsoft surpassed Apple to become the world's most valuable publicly traded company. Thank God, Microsoft's hard services pivot is starting to monetize more than Apple's pivot towards adapters and shoddy cables. What do you think? I think they've done a great job with at least the Surface. That oh, and the Surface, right? Yeah, they that, have a... That, that line, if I was a normal person using Windows, not playing video games, I, I would recommend the Surface to most people. It does run full Windows. It's not, it doesn't run a stripped-down version of it. And, in fact, when I went uh, down to Baltimore for Thanksgiving, I, 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 uh, the guy sitting across from me on the train was using a Surface, and I asked him why. And uh, he threw it threw his stylus at me. I'm just saying nice things about Microsoft because I use GitHub and I, I rather it stay oh. okay. I want them to focus their efforts on other things I don't use. Well, GitHub has suffered, I think, a couple outages since Microsoft has acquired them, which is kind of funny. I, Yes, it did. It's it suffered one outage that took out uh, a Go package repository wrapper called gopackage.in and I found out that it's managed by one person. And that one person doesn't know anyone at GitHub. So he was on Twitter asking if anyone knew <laughs> someone at GitHub. That's kind of like when uh, LeftPad took down a lot of stuff. Yes. It, uh, yes. Don't include packages directly from the repositories. Well. And I know that in Go, you have Go, like a Go has Git. not learned anything. Uh, they have a very long history of not learning anything. Like at, what? Um, well, the history of dependency managers, for one, I mean, directly related to this issue, uh, everyone either everyone either vendors their repository or they they uh, they just pull it from GitHub. Hmm. Interesting. Well, back to Microsoft. Microsoft's shares hit a high of $105 last Monday, 105.94 in intraday trading, while Apple had dropped to 170.27. I think uh, maybe now's the time to buy, just like with Bitcoin. Isn't it nice that Bitcoin's bubble has dropped and uh, you could buy graphics cards again? Buy what cards? Graphics cards. Oh. Video cards. No, I, I own some cryptocurrency. It's not good for me. Well, so do I, and I should have sold it, but... I I'm, I was working on my anxiety, and a lot of it kind of deflated while I was working on my anxiety. Oh, no, I I, I still believe in cryptocurrency. I like just, what? Not Bitcoin? Do you? Not Bitcoin. Ethereum. Uh, Ethereum. I well, Ethereum has problems too. I really wanted to. Um, I I got really interested. I started learning Solidity, and then I discovered how horrible Solidity as a, as a language, uh, because you really want to have code that doesn't protect you when you're dealing directly with money that's a great idea like you can stack overflow and then it can cost you a lot of money that's great hmm that's yeah yeah but that's what happens with i mean i mean think about high frequency trading that's what happens anyway well in those cases they it's not Telling normal people, hey, you can write Solidity, or to regular developers, high-frequency traders are hired, right? And they have really difficult programming interviews to go through uh, to, to make sure they understand when dealing with money. Uh, Ethereum is, hey, put, put some money in. You, you want to make your own thing? Yeah, We're but it's the open source community. Oh, yeah. That's great. Okay, so let's check this out. Bitcoin is 40... Four thousand dollars, forty forty eighty two. Wow. Ethereum is down to one hundred and fourteen dollars. Wow. Litecoin is thirty three dollars. 
my portfolio value is $262. Wow. When you can look at that, it looks like it looks like uh one of those ocean diagrams. Yeah, wow. I got yeah, I got Litecoin when it was Oh, that's just 40. this month. Oh, let, let's see the cliff from this year. Yeah, that's great. Ugh. Well, if you sell it, you can take a tax write-off. Oh, yeah. I actually have even more cryptocurrency that I got on, the, on some other exchanges that I have to figure out how to rectify before I file, file my taxes this next year. But that's another story. Anyway, the point is, is that Microsoft has not built a business on adapters, and Apple really has. And the fact that I have to get an adapter, listen to music, that then doesn't work in cold weather, and also drops, it feel, It sounds like it's dropping packets yeah. when it, the cable stretches. I just, I, oh. but, but that's not something, well, I mean, do you really want to give Microsoft compliments for doing what every other large corporation does and get their finger in every cookie jar? They, I mean, they actually don't have their finger in every cookie jar. Apple is, Apple has, is trying to get into content creation, and they're getting into automotive stuff, and all this extra nonsense. Microsoft isn't even doing that. They're focusing on their on core infrastructure and cloud services. They're they're the next IBM. That's not a compliment. It is Consent. a compliment because they used to just be the Me it's, Too company. I, I think IBM laid off a lot of workers not too well, long ago. Well, I mean, yeah, they also got I think a lawsuit for firing a bunch of people yeah. that were born before 1980. Oh, oh that's right. I remember that. And yes, yeah. but Microsoft historically had stack ranking that every quarter. Uh, the bottom twenty percent of people would be cut. Yeah, back in the heyday, I I think that still happens. It probably still happens. That's yeah, why they I, are the next IBM. I think Netflix does something like that. Yeah, I've I've not heard good things about the. Oh uh, well, that's work culture at Netflix, but that's why it's hard because again, they exploit your passions and the and labor, especially software development, is getting commoditized. And if you want to work on the next big holy crap, you're going to become a billionaire product. Then you'll do things. It's just like why people in show business get into porn. Yes, that's true. Uh, that's uh, hey, that's I, I think that's generally everything in life. Otherwise, you would be like the person who wrote Dwarf Fortress. He he, do, he just works out of his basement, and he's done that for the last decade plus. It's Dwarf Fortress. Dwarf Fortress. This is an ASCII game. Where is it a mud? No, it's no. not a mud. Uh, it's I miss those. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to define because you'll see other games uh, that imitate Dwarf Fortress. Now, uh, one game called RimWorld uh, is really popular. Um, it's a game where you basically put blueprints on a map, and all all these people that live in your town they all have minds of their own, right? And they'll just do things if it makes sense for them to do it. Uh, you don't have that much control over it. But there's a lot going on in this game. Uh, enough that you have to watch a five-hour tutorial just to maybe you get a sense. You have to watch the five hours? Yeah. You have to at least watch a five-hour tutorial just to make sure that you might be able to play the game. Jesus. It's, it, it's, but it, it's worth it? It uh, depends how much time you have to, to waste. Did you watch the five hours? Yeah, I did. Did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it. I, it, it was my entry into the series. Um, I do like RimWorld more. It's a more accessible version. Uh, it's not as complex, but I don't have that much time to keep up with all the changes in Dwarf Fortress because it's it's nuts. Is okay. Okay. Um, it's it's like those games where when you're a kid. 
you're like, hey, it wouldn't be cool if I made this game, and then you could do this, and then you can also do this thing that is a completely separate game, but it'd be <laughs> in there. Like, that's Dwarf Fortress. Okay. And it's only achievable because it's like this ASCII unpenetrable mess. What? What's it? Can you still get it? Download it? Yeah, it's free. What's it? it, does it what does it run on? It runs on all computers. This oh. is an actively maintained game. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is there an HTML version since it's in no. ASCII? No. Oh. People play it in ASCII. There are, tile, like, there are graphical tiles you can over, uh, interchange them with. And some other people have made some tools to make the game more manageable. Like be able to manage, keep track of all the people who live in your like little fortress. And the way they did that is nuts because they went in and looked at the memory for the game while it runs. Oh, geez. That's, I, that's how they made that open source SimCity. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't think I've ever played it. I've watched. Yeah, I've watched. Uh, there's there on YouTube a guy uh, reverse engineering Red Alert. And oh my god, that's the most boring thing I've ever watched. He's just memory mapping this game. And then we take the variable that sets memory in this location, and then we move it to this other location, and we add it to this yeah. register. Yes, that's pretty much the whole thing. And then we see how this he how well, this he really moves from column A all the way to over here. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. Why don't we, uh, you know what, why don't we take a quick break? Surprise! Do you live in New York City? Well, if you do, Pneumonium has a beautiful new product for you. It's called Where Am I? Your five-borough compass navigator to help you get anywhere from Staten Island to the Bronx. Simply go to www.whereamai.nyc and enable location services on your mobile device to find the closest neighborhood borough and three subway stops to you, wherever you are. No ads, no tracking, just geospatial brilliance that's Where Am I? Brought to you by Pneumonium. Pneumonium, reinventing media daily. And I keep forgetting to renew the SSL certificate on it because I use uh, Let's Encrypt. <laughs> That's the downfall. I have to keep doing it every six months or three months. Pretty sure there's like a Docker container you can just run that does it. There's, there's supposed to be like an auto-renewing thing that doesn't work. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I'm working on another project called Next Train where it just tells you when the next train's coming. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty useful. I thought of doing that. I mean, I, Google has it in Google Maps, but you have to drill down into the thing. I I thought that would be really useful, but I just decided have a better way to use your time. I just decided to go to platform and wait for the train instead. You seem to have a, a nice ability to just do that and not neurotically think about when the next train is coming. Uh, life goes on, man. I don't know. Okay. All right, why don't, we, uh, why don't we switch gears for a minute and talk about... I've only done this segment a couple times, but uh, you might like it. It's called... Not that one, sorry. It's called... Cousin of Influence. Consequence. This week, Jeff Bezos, the world's richest man, isn't a fan of work-life balance. He says, keep working so you can make more money. It's an exponential approach. What do you think? That's actually not what he said. Jeff, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, they really shouldn't be saying these things. 
They're, they're crazy people and they prefer to do that, but that's not what everyone wants to do for a living. Bezos believes that his new hires should stop attending to achieve balance within their professional and personal lives, since that implies a strict trade-off between the two. Instead, he envisions a more holistic relationship between work and life outside the office, as in you just keep working. Yeah, of course, that totally makes sense, because that benefits him. How do you tell the people who are making $5 an hour, working 16-hour days, stocking packages and boxes in these warehouses... That, oh yeah, you need to have a more holistic approach to work-life balance. Well, he's a billionaire. He can tell anyone anything. Yes, and in fact, he makes time for breakfast every morning with his family. He doesn't set his alarm before going to bed, schedules surprisingly few meetings, and still sets a time a few minutes every day to wash his own dishes. D didn't Marissa Mayer from Yahoo Mayer say the same thing, very similar things? and then... What happened to her? She left, didn't she? Yeah, she left, I believe because they sold the Alibaba stock they had and closed out a lot of the things it was not considered a success. Hmm. Yahoo is still somehow around. Yahoo is still around. And Yahoo.jp is also still around. And it looks different from Yahoo.com. Really? Yes. Is it a porn site? No. Yahoo.jp looks bar like vertical? it's stuck in 1999. Wow. It really does. But, you know, flat UI is back now. Well, so. all the sites in Japan look like that, evidently. Interesting. Have you ever been to uh, lingscars.com? That's my favorite website. Uh, Ling sells uh, used cars in England. Oh, I remember this site. And this yeah. is the best website, in, at least in English. But, oh, look, she has a video. She was on Dragon's Den. Anyway, sorry. I do miss that. The blatantly bad design that mom and pops make, that's kind of gone. It's not gone, but it's fleeting. It's, it's definitely yeah. fading away. It's fading away. You at least get to see them in the uh, local lawyer commercials. Right. Uh, yeah, like you said, there are sites that, there are site builders now that give you decent looking sites. You can't make horrible mistakes anymore. That's That's not good. Or is it? No, it's, I mean, it's bad for them, but it's great for our entertainment. Hmm. I don't know. Anyway, Jeff Bezos, I don't think he's allowed to talk about work-life balance because his life is not the standard life. He, he runs the kind of, like, he, his view of, of Amazon, I'm sure, allows him to just show up and, and talk to and have a few high-level meetings and then go away. Oh, of course. I, I, I think it's even worse that Jeff Bezos says that, uh, unlike at least Elon Musk, who uh, I guess supposedly works a crazy amount of hours every week, 80 plus or something like that. Uh, at least he's not telling people to do that. And then he's himself is not doing that and just taking his time and relaxing, right? getting work-life balance. Right. This counterintuitive approach to maintaining a healthy symmetry within his professional and personal pursuits is one of the chief pieces of advice Bezos offers his staff. Well, everyone should remember that at it's least. Not it actually is a circle. It's not a balance. Everyone should remember that when Amazon moves into Long Island City before they consider getting a job there, at least. Yeah, I used to work in Long Island City, and it's, got, it's already 
2500 bucks a month for a studio apartment. What is it going to be when Amazon comes to town? I don't know. It depends on your Prime discount. <laughs> they might as well just buy a few buildings. You're right. They turn it into a company town. That, that's very cyberpunk. Well, it's got, I mean, it's coming back. Microsoft is building a company town. Facebook is building a company town. There are people who are happy to live there. There's, I, I've heard of people that like who live on Facebook's campus in an RV just because they're closer to work. And they're simple people like you without who don't live in a city where they can just take trains and get around places. I can't wait to get paid in company scripts. Company scripts? Yes. Back in the day, you would get paid in the company scripts. You could redeem it oh. for... Uh, Com- yeah, yeah, company currency. Yes. I didn't know they were called company scripts. I think they were just called scripts. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. That's how you owe your soul to the company store. Yeah, I would love that. I can't, I can't wait. What if they had company re- cryptocurrency? Re- redeem my, my script for Amazon Fire. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, let's take a look at... Uh, I don't know how much... I don't know. I don't think we have much left. Uh... Is there anything that you want to talk about? Uh, I don't we've been uh, we've been talking for almost an hour and a half. I don't know. I don't really have anything. Okay. Well then, why don't we call it quits? Um, I usually have a fun story, but to end things, but I don't have. I don't think I have one today. Uh, Fox and National Geographic are investigating misconduct claims against Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, wow. He got me too this week. Oof. Wow. Yeah. And on that note, it's time to end. So why don't we hit Mer? Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I forgot to ask the most important question. Wayne, do you approve of this week's pull request? You have to approve the pull request. Emergence. Did the test pass? You tell me. Let's see what Travis CI has to say. Oh, Travis, not Circle. Circle CI? I, I've never used Circle CI. I've never used Travis. What? I've only used Circle. Oh. Yeah. Oh. This right. is weird. Yes. Um, yeah, let's not talk about the story about Neil deGrasse Tyson. Let's just, t- let's just cut it off. Why don't we... I approve this poll request. Good. And then let's all hit merge. And we'll see you next week, hopefully, right here on Pull Request. This has been a Pneumonium production. The views and opinions expressed on Pull Request do not necessarily reflect those of Pneumonium LLC or its subsidiaries. This week's theme music provided by Volkpack. Visit them at V-U-L-F-P-E-C-K dot com.